0: Needs, and welcome to Tapestries Empowered to Connect podcast. I'm your host, Chris Turner. Joining me again today are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Hello, Chris. I'm so sorry that you're still not recuperated yet, Kayla.
1: Yeah, my voice is not getting better.
0: Well, I thank you for being a trooper and appearing Absolutely. on the podcast once again. You too, Ryan. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> I wanted to have you guys back on because we we're talking about regret and fear that we feel as parents for our, our adoptive and foster kids. And there was something we didn't get a chance to talk about that I think would benefit a lot of our listeners. And that is when we feel regret on the way we parented our kids before we heard about connected parenting or TBRI.
1: I know there were a lot of things that in the early years of parenting that we did that looking back, I'm like, (sighs) Oh, I just didn't recognize it for what it was. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize the behavior. I didn't know to seek out the need behind the behavior. right? And so when I look back, I think, did I screw my kids up forever Mm. because of those early years? And it's hard. I mean, parents, we have guilt anyways. Mom guilt is horrible. Mm. And we think, you know, there's so many times where we look back and we think, ah, I should have done that differently or, you know, but when, especially when it's the whole style of your parenting right. is completely different. And when you haven't recognized certain things about yourself and triggers and how you respond to things. And so I think it can cause a lot of regret and a lot of parents, especially when they first learn about connected parenting and how good it is for our kids mm-hmm. and how critical it really is for our kids. So I think that it can be a big source of pain for a lot of parents.
2: Mm. Yeah, and parenting is one of those weird endeavors in life where we tend to spend so much time focusing on the negative aspects of it mm-hmm. or how we may have done it poorly, and we get trapped in the worry and the guilt, and then we, then we get stuck mm. because we're in like this, this, this wheel-spinning game. And instead of just going, okay, I realized that up until this point, I've made some mistakes, but I'm going to do better starting today. Mm. We don't ever um, swing to the middle. We swing to the extreme. Mm -hmm. And then we become permissive parents. And we want to make sure that our kids like us. Mm. And we want to make sure that they're having fun. And we want to make sure that um, all kinds of things. You know, My kids came back from school a couple of years ago. And uh, our oldest daughter said, Hey, my teacher, I think she was in second grade at the time. My teacher said, How many of you do chores at home? And she said, Mom, I was the only kid in class who raised their hand. And I thought to myself, well, that's part of the problem, right? We don't want—we <laughs> don't have parents anymore. We have people who want to be friends with six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And um, look, I love my kids dearly, and, I, and, and we work to have good relationships with them, and we hope that we'll have good relationships with them. But at the end of the day, sometimes you have to be, be a leader in your family, in your house, and do the difficult things. Um, and you can't... Have be trapped in the fear and the guilt of, oh, no, I didn't do it right yesterday. So therefore, I shouldn't do it right today. You know, being being focusing on how you got it wrong yesterday will often keep you from getting it right today. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, Kayla, with the regret that we as parents feel sometimes over the things we may have done as parents before we learned about TBRI, how can we recognize when we're falling into that trap and then keep ourselves from going down that rabbit hole of of regret.
1: I think really the important thing is to focus on doing better once you know better, Mm -hmm. right? It's again, we're back to Ryan's favorite quote and when we know better and we continue to do better, then we can look back and say, okay, we all make mistakes. We can look back at um, things that we did in our past and how God has used those things to change us and to shape us into who we are. Mm -hmm. And we can use those past mistakes to help others not make the same mistakes. I mean, I think if we view them in a light in light of, we can turn it around and make something good out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. There were definitely times when I didn't recognize the fear that my kids were showing. And I thought it was misbehavior Mm -hmm. and I thought it was, Um, defiance and I thought it was um, just not wanting to listen, right? right? Or not wanting to do what I asked them to do or whatever. And when I didn't recognize it for what it was, the behavior um, really bothered me. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, I can say, oh, I did not handle that very well. And I can repair with my kids Mm -hmm. if I recognize it quickly enough. Now, some of the things I recognize years down the road, And I had to really go back and say, okay, I need to be conscious to not do those things because Mm -hmm. maybe I figured out that there was a trigger that I didn't know that I had. Mm. And so now that I've recognized that as a trigger, I have to be conscious to not let it trigger me.
0: Right. Okay. So, you know, as parents, we screw up every day. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We're not all 100% TRI all the time and we're going to have our lapses. And I know for me, there's it's really easy to think, oh, I yelled at, you know, whoever today because he did this and I really should have handled that differently. And I think sometimes I don't focus on the positives as much.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Because Ryan Ryan said something earlier about how we tend to focus on the negative aspects of our regret more. Yeah. And that can lead us, you know, into a spiral of depression sometimes on our parenting skills and that kind of thing. And I think if we can remember that we do have wins. Yeah. we can we, we, there are those moments where we really connect with our kids and we're right. we're, we're both nurturing and correcting and moving moving forward in our relationship. And I think for me that's I need to I need to try to do a better job of that is holding on to those positives.
1: I think when you are connected in a community of people who are like-minded in their thinking. Mm. Um and they can encourage you because I know, I, I think back to one particular um, foster daughter that we had, and she was pretty tough. Um, she she was quite a challenge. And when she left our home, she was going to a great home mm-hmm. and we knew it was good. And I remember, and I was like, I don't know if we made a bit of difference in our life. And she was in our home for about seven months. And I thought, I don't think we've... I don't think we've made any difference. And then her aunt and uncle who adopted her, they wrote us this really sweet letter and it was just filled with, thank you so much. We've seen a huge change in her since she's been in your home Mm -hmm. and all these things, which I looked back thinking, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And I I looked back at it with regret in that I didn't handle some of the behaviors in a very connected way. Mm And this aunt could see the difference in her because this aunt had been part of her life the entire time she was in our home. Mm. This aunt and uncle had been part of her life, and so she could see the changes. They could see the changes in her that I couldn't see, that we couldn't see, but somebody that was a little distant could see that it had made a difference. Mm. Whereas sometimes we look back and we're more critical on ourselves. And so we look back with regret on things that maybe we don't need to look back on with Mm -hmm. regret.
2: You know, uh, just a couple of things there, if if I may. Just to go back to what you said earlier, Chris, about how we tend to focus on the negative. Mm. I think, you know, what we have to recognize is that we're all conditioned, culturally conditioned to have a low self-view, right? Just think about all the advertising you see. Your car is not fast enough. Your car is not nice enough. You're not thin enough. You're not nice, beautiful enough. You're not enough, right? That's the cultural message that you're not enough. And so for us to think of ourselves as parents as not being enough is so easy. And and you're right. You have to be so intentional about having that positive view because, you know, um, to Kayla's point of a minute ago, it's like when... Um, when nobody in the house notices that you lost five pounds, mm-hmm. because they see you every day, and then you go and see somebody you haven't seen in two months, and they go, "Have you lost weight?" Is right. the first thing, because um, because being slightly removed from the situation, which is hard for parents, but we have to be able to step back and look at it, because some days um, you end up with a minus in the parenting column, right? right? When when you draw the two lines at the bottom of the parenting ledger for the day, it's a negative number, and that's just the reality of some days, because some days. We're not good. Some days we're not on our best. Some days we're feeling ill. Some days we've had a hard day at work. Some days it's just been stressful around the house and they don't end well. But you know what? Tomorrow is another day. And if we can be on a course of continual improvement in terms of relationship, in terms of connecting with our children, in terms of understanding that there are needs behind the behaviors and remembering all the things that we know over time, if we're able to step back and have a look at it, we will see that even in the midst of all of those regrets and even in the midst of thinking, oh my gosh, I am like failing as a parent, mm. you will see how, how there's this positive tra- trajectory, right? Yeah. So one of the things, here's an example. One of the, one of the things um, that my oldest son does that drives me bonkers is he takes my things without asking and it's not so much that he takes my things without asking it's that he takes my things without asking and then doesn't return them but leaves them where he's done with them Mm. so you know missing earbuds for my iPhone and stuff like that are in the long history of things here he wanted to go ride my mountain bike today so he texted me and said hey can I use your mountain bike shoes and I thought I want to text him and ask him what he's going to do because it was not a given that he was going to be riding the mountain bike (laughs) but I didn't I just said sure because he asked you know um and all the thousand times that he hasn't asked i still remember those but at least for a moment today i can point and say hey we're making progress with this guy here mm-hmm. i don't know if we'll regress tomorrow mm-hmm. but today felt like progress which which we needed to because because today was tough in our house um, yeah. when i got home from work it, it was not good and we had a couple of difficult situations um but you know what, I, I remember more now that he asked if he could use my texted me to ask if he could use my things than I do remember what what was upsetting. Mm. Um Well now that I've brought it up, I remember again <laughs> what was upsetting. <laughs> but I wasn't thinking about it. Right. Um, you know, he he was confronted by his mother about something and and she didn't ask him if he did it, because we're 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 way past asking if we know, right? <laughs> That's right. And he didn't deny it. Mm. And we're like Um, we're going to have to, when we wake up tomorrow, really encourage him on those two things because, um, you know, for a decade, everything was everybody else's fault. He never did anything. You can't prove it. I mean, literally told me once, you can't prove that. I'm like, uh, (laughs) we're not in court, Holmes. So, but, you know, if we're able to to have the distance that allows a little bit of perspective Mm -hmm. and... You know, because here's an example. Some days I feel like we are not we're the world's worst parents because we have like poorly behaved children who run and scream and fight and hit and break things and say mean things to each other, do kid stuff. And after a particularly difficult evening at the house, I went to work the next day, and one of my coworkers workers um, knows our next door neighbor, and um, they'd stop by and brought us some you know, baked goods over Christmas. And that's when he figured out that we live next door to her. And he said to me, oh, I told your neighbor that that I work with you. And he said, I just wanted to tell you that because the only thing she said back to me was, they have the most wonderfully behaved children I have ever met. I have never, ever thought of my children as the most (laughs) wonderfully behaved children in the world. (laughs) But here's this lady who lives next door who thinks that my kids are the most wonderfully behaved children that she's ever met. And I honestly think most days, oh my gosh, just just get in the house and let you irritate her. <laughs> and then I find out after the fact from somebody that I work with that she thinks I have the most wonderfully behaved children in the world. And so, you know, she has um, the privilege of perspective and only seeing snapshots of my children mm-hmm. because one of the the ways we get down on ourselves and down on our children and it's it's this um, the cycle that feeds itself, right? Right. And the, is that we get a bedtime tonight and think, oh my gosh, bedtime was hard. And and bedtime's hard for a lot of our families. It's hard for us. Um, and so the lasting memory of the day is that we had this thing that was difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And so then I go to bed with that. And so then I wake up with this negative idea about my kids going, oh my gosh, today was so hard. It's like Brene Brown says, um, we, we start ourselves off on such a bad bad foot every morning is that when you're feeding at the floor, you go, Oh, I'm
1: so tired, guilty
2: mm. right, and so you now tell yourself, I didn't get enough and 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 you and you create this idea of scarcity in your own life every mm-hmm. morning, and so everything builds in that I didn't get enough for breakfast, I didn't have enough time to do to do a morning devotional, I didn't have enough time to have a shower, I didn't have enough time to I'm late for work I just all these I don't have enoughs, and that just you know. We just train ourselves to not be enough. I'm not good enough as a parent because, look, bedtime was a struggle again tonight. Well, Mm. you know what? Bedtime wasn't that much of a struggle tonight because uh, some of the older kids helped some of the little kids get ready for bed. So that was a victory because I didn't have to be as actively as involved as usual. Mm. Because at our house, it's like, you know, we're feeding a lot of people every night. And I'm like... Kayla, do you want to clean the kitchen or get the kids ready for bed? And she's like, why do you, yeah, why do you ask stupid questions? Kitchen. I was like, because I, I was hoping. Because you'd go, wow, he's being so nice. I'll pick bedtime routine. But she never did. No, that's not true. We kind of split the thing. Because if one of us gives the other one the choice, the other one always picks loading the dishwasher, washing pots and pans, wiping down ca- cabinet tops. But... Because I've decided and I've been trained, or whatever you want to say, that we've had enough struggles at bedtime, enough kids who want to stay in their beds, enough kids that are in other people's rooms, enough kids that are wandering around the house, enough kids that are crying, enough kids that are fighting, enough, you know. Just <laughs> tell
1: me somebody else has that trouble.
2: <laughs> Everybody else has that. And, you know, and, and I feel like because because I'm so close to bedtime that I don't actually have proper perspective about it because I had to force myself to think about the fact that, hey, the bigs helped the middles get ready for bed. There was no fighting at bedtime. Only had one kid come down one time. Mm. you know. But, But because of my experiences... With so many negative experiences at bedtime, I tend to forget the positives. And I think that is just a microcosm of the meta of parenting mm. is we tend to focus on the negatives and we don't remember the victories. So it's almost like we have to give ourselves a parenting chart on the fridge. Mm. <laughs> Today was a gold store day. And, and remember that, right? I mean, think about the Old Testament. Every single time something significant happened, God told the Israelites, stack 12 rocks here. Mm. Every time people came by this way, they would remember and retell the story. And I don't think we stack the rocks in our lives as parents, which is what I think we have to do.
0: That's a great point, Ryan. And I think it touches upon something Kayla said a few minutes ago in that it's really important that we have a support system to help us out. People who understand and know what we're going through as adoptive and foster parents. And that starts right in our own homes, right? We need to encourage one another. Yeah. For sure, in
2: this endeavor. Yeah, look, honey, you stacked twelve rocks today. There you go. And and, and the and the, and the and, you know the irony about stacking the, the twelve rocks is is building is putting big twelve big boulders together is hard work. Because mm. I think that when sometimes I feel like, wow, well, today was a pretty easy parenting day. I don't remember yelling at the kids once. I remember them all behaving. I remember them all getting along. Nobody was fighting. Nobody argued over Legos or any of that kind of stuff. But the reality is that actually physically stacking rocks is hard work, which to transpose that, I I suppose you could say that actually having a great parenting day is hard work Mm -hmm. because you have to be intentional. Right. You have to remember to say to your spouse, hey, you got this right I, I remember um two things um that come to mind right away i remember one night uh, our youngest was just um just completely deregulated and i put her in my lap and playfully engaged her and the next thing i noticed kayla was standing and videoing it and i kind of looked at her and she said no this is good i want i want you to see how you how well you're doing with her
1: he kind of gave me this look like what am i doing wrong <laughs>
2: I'm like, um, is this going to be used like in some sort of legal proceedings? used use an example in class of what I have to do. <laughs> He's he just
1: really doing a good job, and I wanted him to be encouraged because sometimes when you get in those meltdown moments, you kind of go, "I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm, I can't remember." Yeah. Like all all that you've learned goes out the window, and you get in like desperate mode, and you think, "I don't think I did anything right in that moment." Mm. And then we beat ourselves up later. So I wanted yeah. him to see how well he was doing in that moment because those aren't easy moments. Yeah.
2: yeah so, I mean, that's, that's the way to use the, the ever present technology as a way to encourage your spouse because you're absolutely right. You know, th- this is it. We're in the trenches together. My wife is my foxhole buddy. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we get bumped off of that reality, but, For her to say, hey, man, you're doing a good job and I want you to know that. So I decided that the only way that I could tell you that story was to show you a video. Mm. It just really blessed me. Um, And then, you know, when you hear your spouse say something good about your parenting in front of other people but not directed to you, like they don't think you can hear them, like overhearing that, Mm. to me, that just like puts fuel in my tank because I'm like, oh my gosh, Kayla's like, thinks I'm doing a great job parenting because mm. sometimes I feel like I'm like failing and then they'll say you know when he's good he's pretty good mm. and and so you know let, let your spouse over here you speak positively about them directly tell them they're doing a great job because um, if you don't if you don't I'm afraid that that regret that's present in all of us is going to take root mm-hmm. right it's easy to pull things out that haven't taken root. But when you get in that negative spiral of self-doubt, it's just really, really hard to recover from that. And then the kids suffer, your marriage suffers, and there's just no positive that comes out of all of that. Mm.
0: Well, guys, I really appreciate you coming on, not feeling well, and sharing some of your regrets and fears with us. I know that's not an easy thing to do, even when you're accustomed to speaking to people about it in the first place.
1: Yeah, Thanks, Chris.
0: Always fun to be with you. If you have a question for us that will fit into 140 characters, you may tweet it to us at tapestryibc. If you require a bit more room, you can email us at tapestry at irvingbible.org. You may also find us on Facebook at tapestryibc. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or the Google Play Store. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from this podcast, we would appreciate a review in either location. Speaking of reviews, on our Facebook page, Abby Gadsden had this to say. My husband and I have fostered for over five years and wish we had your podcast when we first started. We learned so much from you, the Norths, and all your other guests. Each episode is such a treat and we are able to apply things even to traditional parenting of our biological daughter. Thank you so much for all you do. It's so needed and much appreciated. May God continue to bless, sustain, and provide for you all. Abby and Donald, thank you so much for the kind words. We really appreciate you listening and helping to spread the word about our podcast. Empowered to Connect is the training and support community of Tapestry, the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. You can check the show notes for relevant links from this episode and find more resources on our website, tapestryministry.org. Thanks for listening.